Hello and welcome to Dan and Mike Are Fighting, a Small Beans very special presentation in which former cracked creative head Daniel O'Brien squares off against some guy named Michael Swaim to settle their differences with very little fighting indeed, as it turns out. We hope you enjoy the conversation anyway. We're friends again. Spoiler alert. Let's get ready to fumble for intimacy between two men in a society that doesn't usually condone it. Are we, are we going? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, there's no structure or format. Sure. I'm not the host. This can be. I don't want to. Oh, you're not the it. host. I thought I'm. Uh, I'm fine with this living inside any of the podcasts that you have. Oh, really? Currently. Oh, going. okay. Uh, that seems to be a change from my perception of your perception, even last time we spoke. I think I. I still feel like I won't join the company Small Beans for a sure. variety of reasons okay. that, as time goes on, have less to do with you and more to do with my view of the industry mm-hmm. but but uh this can certainly exist in any of the podcasts of yours that make sense oh, okay for it um and then we just talked about mo- like we made it a frame rate it's a frame rate <laughs> right i don't think we recorded the part but we talked about movies earlier so it counts yeah uh okay well i didn't want to feel too hosty because it's oh, okay. supposed to be a collaborative the way I'm looking at it, I guess I will talk first, but just for a very little bit. Sure. Is I feel like I really respect your writing, and I know I feel very confident that you respect mine, and it's genuine. Yeah. I really like collaborating with you. Um, I have considered you a very close friend at certain times, and then uh, recently there's been tension and stress, and uh, things are just really rocky, and I don't want to look at it as a debate or anything. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to convince the listeners of whose side or what's going on. Right. But more just, like, examining, so how do we get here? What yeah. happened? What is our difference in perception that <laughs> has caused these things to arise? A couple things for starters. I'm Daniel O'Brien. It's nice sure. to meet you listeners. I'm across Michael the table Swaim from here. Michael Swaim. Uh, I also brought you a gift <gasps> type thing. Um I thought uh, your bare muscles it's, were it's, good. It's you oh. as a as a like one of those little <gasps> Funko toys. Yeah. yeah. Whose desk was this chilling on for a while? Uh, mine. Uh, okay. So the Thank person you who so made much, it, her man. name is Sarah B. You could find her on Twitter at Powerful Week, and uh, wow. she made all four of the After Hours folks, and I got them, and it was the kind of thing that that made a whole lot of sense to live on my work desk, and then yeah. uh, I was recently <laughs> laid off. <laughs> the work desk and, is not like, a thing. Came home with a bunch of. With these toys and also a lot of fan art and like I don't, mm-hmm. there's nowhere in my home where it makes sense to have this many pictures of of me that fans have drawn or painted. So that's already like a, an issue that I'm dealing with. Or where am I going to store these nice things? It's also there's no place in my home where it makes sense for me to have little toys of you, Katie, Soren, <laughs> sure. and me. So okay, uh, I gave, well I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've I envied it greatly when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It was all mine are in my closet, by the way, for the same reason. I put them up in the office where I work, and Jen was like. You're going to work in a room surrounded by images of you? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I'll put them all in the closet. I put a few because Jeff Carpenter did a really nice After Hours painting mm-hmm. of of us, and a few other artists have done really cool things, and it's a bummer that I only remember the name of one of them. And I put them in my office because no one ever goes there but me. Uh, sure. And I don't look at them or interact with them in any, in any way. There's no. 
always a chance that someone new will be in my apartment for the first time and I give them a tour and I'm just like, oh, right, this is a weird part of my life. Painting of me, yeah. Okay, we can cut this if you're not allowed to say or whatever. But I heard, no, I mean what I'm about to ask, but I have to know. I heard, are you going to try and launch After Hours or an After Hours clone anywhere, anyhow? No, I mean, I don't. It's in your past. Yeah, I don't own After Hours. Uh, I don't know, but you know what I mean, right? Like a version you of people do. talking, but, yeah, and we can um, cut this because that. No, no, no. I was talking about let's copyright infringe. No, but, no. There's and <laughs> there's and certainly uh, people have said is there some version of people talking around a table or OPCD that you would do. or yeah, EPCD. Or o- o- OPCD are like, you bringing? Are you going to try and revive anything, or are you moving into a totally new phase? I don't think so. I don't okay. think I, I. I feel like if I was going to try to revive anything. Uh, OPCD would probably be the closest thing that I might do just because it's the uh, easiest thing for me to do at this point. And I still have all the same thoughts that I had before. And like, I will, I would call it something different, but I checked and they don't own the character (laughs) Daniel O'Brien talking about pop culture. Exactly. Yeah. I could do that. But um, a lot of, and you might find that I, double back on everything that I'm going to say today and this kind of thing. But I think everyone of... I cracked is figuring their shit out, yeah. Right. Um, but starting up OPCD again would mean, okay, I'm going to have a YouTube channel and we're going to do these kinds of things. Exactly. And I, and I'm like, going to have a green screen space that I have a right. connection to to shoot at regularly, etc. Right. And I, don't, <laughs> I am so intimately familiar with the YouTube algorithm at this point and uh, what they favor. And it's not what I want to do artistically, creatively. Like mm-hmm. the kinds of, kinds of things that YouTube likes right now is very much like we like intimacy and we want you to upload lots of videos and, and keep yeah. people there. Like all the most popular vloggers are doing things that I don't care for. I <laughs> yeah. intellectually understand that there's a market for it because people are, are consuming it. But when the when to be successful on YouTube means fitting their algorithm and fitting their algorithm means frequency and intimacy. I just think, okay, well then this isn't the platform yeah. for me. And also, even if it was right now, even if YouTube said we changed our algorithm now, the best thing you could do is 11 minute, uh, well-researched and written observations about pop culture that you publish whenever you and feel we'll really like support it. Those. Even yeah. if that, that was the new algorithm, I would still be like, well, no, because I don't, want to be at the mercy of your algorithm when you change it like yeah we, like we're living in the middle of a digital media content bubble bursting right now because of companies like youtube and facebook yeah i agree deciding who gets to be seen right now and, <laughs> yeah uh even gaming one of those systems is not a good career plan because who the fuck runs youtube they could change it tomorrow and then right exactly yeah it's very fickle yeah yeah um, or you could make fun of a dead, like, Japanese person and right. <laughs> completely, like, it's crazy that there's so little vetting of who becomes a celebrity on YouTube that just all this, sh- anything can happen. I yeah. mean, I guess our real celebrities are terrible, too, but, right, <laughs> like, they don't even have PR savvy. Yeah. The YouTube stars just, you watch them drop like flies because they don't know how to handle themselves in public. Yeah, and it's just, it's, there's, how many times have I watched some bleach blonde white idiot look <laughs> yeah. into camera and be like yeah i'm a. the problem is i'm uh i have 17 million dollars and i'm 21 years old and sometimes i say nazi things because i didn't yeah. learn that that's not funny yet i'm gonna and... donate one seventeenth of that to anti-nazi things <laughs> right 
all right, we're not fighting enough. So no, yeah. I'm going to um, say, because I know you and me, we could easily carry on a surface friendship <laughs> that's highly satisfying because we talk about pop culture and we love to talk about pop culture. Um, or But what? There's some issue, right? Yeah, you have an issue with I, me. Explain I would, it to me. Yeah, I would say um, a lot of it is tied to uh the old place and the amount that I have that I had invested in 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 that place and that yeah. job and how much of my identity it was and I would say the a uh, huge part of the reason that there is a rift between us is ten thousand percent my uh Irish Catholic inability to communicate when I'm upset about something I so if I'm mad about something right I just let it be like cancer inside of me. <laughs> For years, and then one day I'll be, I'll write you a very mean email, where it just seems like this has got to be coming out of nowhere. How did Dan get so mad after this one thing? When it wasn't one thing, it was a series of things that I didn't talk about or process sure. or deal with. Well, for copying this stuff, you, I'm really grateful in retrospect that you checked me about that one tweet that you took issue with. Right. Um, and you can, uh, we can lay, I don't remember the exact wording, but I was just bemoaning how broke I was going to be, <laughs> um, yeah. which was insensitive to do on the day everyone was laid off. I did also reach out to a lot of people that day with condolences, but yeah, I posted an insensitive tweet that was like, Damn, I quit five weeks ago, so I like I don't even yeah. get unemployment, which is accurate, but it's not. Right. The, I should have, obviously a thing to keep to myself. So I appreciate being checked on that. It did come out of nowhere a little, um, and I f- immediate or my gut reaction was that it must have had something to do with how reclusive I've been, and just like, and I mean that even if it's not like Dan's mad because I've not been around, mm-hmm. um, which I think is part of it, maybe. Is it? That well, was certainly yeah, part but, of it, yeah. But it's also, uh, I was like, well, I haven't checked in with Dan as a friend in so long. Who knows what, I don't know what your perception of our relationship is, and I don't know what you think mine is, because mm-hmm. uh, I basically, when I was drinking, I just stayed home as much as humanly possible while still completing the minimal amount of work required for me. Right. Um, and it's true that, and I feel I could have, I could have, and I should have, had empathy enough to realize that that was a strain on you as the Mm -hmm. person at the top of at least the creative team, like holding all the weight. Um, At the same time, I was, I was was not aware of that. So I wasn't intentionally letting you down for the last three years. No. and Uh, And then when you said, man, I'm really pissed about how you haven't been here, I was like, Oh, that makes sense, but I was not thinking about that at all. Right, because at no point did I ever say to you, hey, you, this relationship, because there are two parts here. There's the work relationship and there's the relationship relationship. Mm-hmm. And at no point did I say, hey, you're going to lose me. Right. And uh, I feel like if I did, we would have had that conversation. Not into Earlier. microphones yes. many years ago, um, but it's not, it wasn't in my nature to have conversations like that because I am uh, just just like a, a weird repressed maniac so, in, that, in, in that way. And, there, and yeah. there's... The the work part where you, in the last like four or five years, you've uh, taken on a uh, a series of roles with decreased responsibility. A waning role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you were overseeing creative on video at one point and then stepped down from that because because you wisely acknowledged the stress and horribleness of of how that position was for you. Which is why it kind of surprised me that you thought I would be there more for backup. 
the overarching thing I'm getting at, at the risk of, and I don't do it to push your buttons, mm-hmm. um, because I think you probably suspect or know explicitly I am less invested in the old place, which is a good name, right. than you are, are or were. I don't know where you're at right now, but or are legally obliged to not discuss. But like my point is, for the last four years, you were just describing how YouTube doesn't interest you. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about crack for the last four years. And I didn't feel that way about you or any of my coworkers at my level. I guess I'm allowed to say this. <laughs> I felt like when that email hit, the thing that surprised me or hurt my feelings was I had thought it was all of us, the people at Cracked, mm-hmm. versus Cracked, the soulless evil corporate entity. And then I felt like you were siding with an abstract corporate entity over our relationship. I wasn't. I mean, I'm always a... a a company man at heart so if i'm doing a job then i then then i i love it and i swear by it mm-hmm. and and I, I feel tremendous loyalty when i'm in a thing i i don't feel like i would say take the side of a company over a person but i i very much at the the professional betrayal sense that i got came from feeling like in the beginning it was us against everyone on the planet like like this is very very early days where we're a couple of kids screwing around and figuring stuff out as we go and also sharing the weird burden for a while of being the two recognizable people so you had the dual responsibilities of whatever our jobs were plus Mm -hmm. the this weird weight of being the face of this thing and it was a thing that we signed up for so it was fine but it was still like Michael is the other guy in the world who understands most of what I've gone through at this yeah. place and uh, will be a consigliere and confidant and like a person that I can commiserate with and uh, a fourth big C word. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, not, not, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I see I where know. that went. But no. <laughs> um, and I think with uh, the benefit of time, I've it's become cl- clearer to me now that you just – realized earlier than I did. I mean, I didn't realize I was laid off. Um, <laughs> but you reali- you landed on this idea earlier that, like, this is a company and I'm going to get – I'm going to do work for them and I'm going to get money from them and it's not going to be my life. And Although I I don't – I'm incredibly loyal to the p- actual human beings. Yes. I just feel like it's inevitable. It became clear to me after a certain point that the – I don't know what to say because no, no. in my opinion – like that stressful job was almost criminally abusive for a corporation to like, <laughs> and I still think they're in breach of law by making Alex edit his own podcast. Jesus um, Christ. But my point being, uh, the site did not fail. Like we made good con. I feel like everyone did pull their weight. The site failed because it was designed to fail and is like being wound down mm-hmm. for corporate reasons, which is fucking bullshit. And I just think it's criminal that like, you would be given a job where you're so stressed out you'd eventually go blind and want uh-huh. to temporarily. And I think that there are people to blame and it's not the people who didn't help support you through that. It's the people who made that job exist in the right. first place is I guess how I thought of it. I also will. But at the same time, I just want to say I do wish I could turn back time and you would have come to me because I would have stepped up. I had very little motivation to do anything right. uh, of my own volition. But the times that my friends came to me and asked stuff, I, I did those things. So Right, which, is, which yeah. is a problem of mine with, with communication and reaching yeah. out that, that I'm 
working on, but certainly to to boil two things down, um, our listeners need to understand how tied up with this job I was and how everything is sort of mm-hmm. intertwined because I, I moved here with uh, zero friends and zero contacts. And, for this job. Uh, <laughs> for this job. And you were the first person that I saw when I came out here because you were also working there mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, we have since either hired all of our friends or became friends with the people that we hired. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was really, and it was the entirety of my 20s. So it was like so much of my life and identity wrapped up in it. So if uh, that isn't your experience, people who are listening, which I understand it's a, it's a rare experience. It might seem insane that emotional conversations about friendship responsibilities seem to blurrily mesh with work Mm-hmm. conversations like i just want to explain like, also in our industry is, it's like yeah. i don't know we're storytellers and i know i'm aggrandizing like making mm-hmm. dick and fart jokes but at its core we're interested in like examining people putting characters together figuring out their emotions so it all blurs together like it's way less obviously cracked making videos that cracked was not as professional as working at an accountancy firm right. like that line is blurred between your personal right. lives yeah Especially when every fucking character is named Michael Slam and Dan <laughs> O'Brien and is like different exaggerations of different aspects of our actual right. personalities. When really the closest thing to our personalities was probably Welcome Back Potter, I would say. That's the, <laughs> all the day, clearest all day. analog. Um, but professionally, I, I keep saying to boil, boil this down to see if there's a, a simple way, but uh, I very much thought of us as partners in the beginning of this thing and as you took an increasingly diminished role and was just not around the office very much and I felt like you weren't uh sharing the responsibilities which is in retrospect totally fine and your decision to make right. and it's okay but I just felt like uh oh gosh I lost my my professional partner in this well, and I that's and that's completely. difficult and one of the negotiations you made at one point was you didn't want to write original stuff for us anymore and I was like yeah, it's the most gifted writer that I, I, I have. And I'm trying to make this enterprise work. And the most gifted writer that I have is like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to share this with you anymore, which and your I sh- choice and a smart choice. It, it is like- my choice. But really, if I had enough courage, I should have just quit at that point, because that was already me saying I am voting and betting on this company. This enterprise is failing soon. Right. Like I don't, (laughs) and not because of anything you could do or control possibly. Right. So I was like, and that's, I could, I should have like, well, it just is also a side effect again of just not having regular contact. Right. Cause I would have been bitching about that to you and explain that to you along the way. And I just didn't. Uh, because I had orchestrated to work from home and not write yeah. and just appear in the things I appear in. And what else did I do? Podcasts. Podcasts, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and I, I would get very uh, callous when when you were still there but not doing video stuff because I just thought if he did quit, because I, I also wish you would have quit then too because I think you would have been happier or, or I, th- I would have been I happier faster time, like, and I would have eased the burden on the team if that could have helped in the right. interim I don't know maybe yeah yeah and at the time I was managerially callous enough where it's like you know it's not it's it's not the biggest help for me if we've got a guy on salary who is editing and doing podcast stuff and appearing in videos once every quarter mm-hmm. uh I would love to have that salary for a full-time 
video writer, someone right. that I can, I can, you know, give me another Cody, give me another Carmen, but I don't give me have access from to that eight right years now. Ago. So, or Michael from eight years ago. <laughs> so professionally, it was very much like, this is a real burden for me. And I think just on, uh, I let that fester into friendship as well. And I also, things that I'm sure now are related to drinking, I was just finding you less available as a friend. I believe yeah. that if I picked up the phone and said, let's talk, you would have done that. But I felt like I had sent too many texts that you was like, no, I can't come out tonight. Or no, okay. I can't. I can't make this birthday. I can't do this thing. And it was like, if he wants to hang out, he can He can say something. This is this kind point. of a tangent, but no, no. you guys did kick me out of the band. I thought that was a calculated <laughs> move to say that I was not like liked as much. I mean, I took no. it very personally. Oh, no. I I I liked you very much that was, was the like, way we like saw was... each other on a weekly basis that's true then i tried to do dnd to see you on a weekly basis that doesn't fly with you that's okay I it's not, not like dnd we're recording this in a comic book shop. but that is like I that's the only like way it. i see soren but right. it's nice that that's there as an anchor i still do see him sometimes yeah. um and all i can say is yeah that's all on me being an alcoholic is not a get out of jail free card uh, and I would, I am seeing everyone more often. I haven't been seeing you more often because right. I'm, we're worried about how <laughs> each other feel about each other. But if you're interested in hanging out more often, I would love to. Yeah. Okay. I think it, what, what happened was I, I just felt like the burden to hang out wasn't on me anymore. Yeah. And, it's on me. Yeah. Uh, you very wisely were like, well, I'm not going to invite him to D&D because he hates it. He yeah. ruins it when he shows up. <laughs> In a <laughs> delightful way, but still. Uh, are you going to do the Gamefully Unemployed D&D just for entertainment value? Or? No. No, okay. I'm really over. not. I did I, uh, Gamefully Unemployed for a plug. That's uh, Tom Ryman and David Bell's mm -hmm. Enterprise. It's a Twitch channel where they, I believe, are doing... They're trying to do podcasts as well. They have, they have one Patreon podcast going. on the Unpopular Opinion Network called yes. Best... Best bad, bad movie, movie yeah. ever. Um, and they play board games and video games on Twitch. And D&D. And D&D. You'll see Star, you see Maggie Mae, yeah. Christian Ramirez, a lot of crack people. Yeah, I did it uh, last week. I saw you do it once, yeah. I enjoy board games, but like I'm, I'm a fun. very <laughs> selfish board game person where they've been doing this show for weeks. I was like, I'm going to show up two hours late with the game that I want to play and we're going to play it and then we're going to leave. That's what did I did that. the second time I brought Smash up and I'm like, I'm bringing the game I want to play and that's what we're playing or I'm yeah. not coming. <laughs> um, but everyone should check that out. I don't think I'll be doing their D&D campaign sure. because like that's another thing D &D. that I feel like this podcast can just be our, also our thoughts about industry and what everyone is doing stuff and like I... I see that Twitch is successful. I see that there are a bunch of 20-year-old millionaires doing it somehow. Uh, and this is this might end up being my folly, my downfall. That's an but like, part. I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to do but it. But like, I didn't buy like, bitcoins. It's too late now. What am I? <laughs> I have to just let that go. You know, like there's people becoming millionaires in ways I could never imagine would have worked all the right. time. And not even just wouldn't imagine, but but it's also just like we we talked about this briefly in the the gamefully unemployed that I did that. Star had mentioned that the people who are doing it really well are the people who are just like doing Patreons that are offering more access to the audience. Like that's a model that seems to work. It's just like very personality driven. Yeah. And like, I don't want to do that. And like, <laughs> this is why I say it's gonna be my folly because someone is saying, here are some models that work. You're looking around at the internet, you're drowning, wondering what are the business models that work? And I'm showing it to you. And I'm still saying, 
Yeah, but I don't want to do that. I didn't like the. I think we we share this. The least favorite part of what has been at certain times an amazing job has been uh, being recognized by people out in the world and yeah. and being like a, a, a face that people saw. Like that that is a thing that. Um, Maybe you were you were more excited about that because you have more of an acting background than I do. But mm, it's the reason that I, I stopped acting was yeah. because I started getting panic attacks backstage after a show because I was like, "Oh no, there's gonna be people out there," and I, I don't. I'm I'm so nervous to see them and talk to them and and after uh, the crack finale show, I yeah. bolted. Not to, I wanted to see all the cracked people, but I was like, "There's gonna be a, a large amount of very emotional fans." Who I am grateful for, but don't want yes. to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's the other thing is, is we're we're incredibly grateful, but but to spin it back to this model where it's just like, yeah, this person has really success, a lot of success because they post a ten minute video every day where they just talk to you and like you get to know a little bit about their lives. It's like I've been so very careful about how much of myself I've put on the internet, uh, and that's by design. And for all the people who are now saying like, just do your own YouTube channel, it's like, no, I'm looking at an opportunity where I can disappear from all of like all of this craft a narrative like, yeah. unrelated to myself right <laughs> that i put in the world um well i will just say for the record especially for people who've been listening to tales from the pit on small beans channel uh i i, oh, I, I listened am, to the katie stole one did you throw up oh, before nice. the, this podcast before this podcast yeah. yes really i threw up this morning that's yeah. so wacky i'm right? on zofran and beta blockers right now to keep the shakes and the nausea down crazy All right, um, go on Sorry. but it's going much better than i anticipated <laughs> um what the fuck was i talking about yeah i'm looking uh, at lego like, batman for now. anyone who's listened oh, to oh, tales from the pit yeah. uh i'm not doing that to comport to i've always wanted to do that and i've always been that kind of artist I don't think I fit the cracked mold. It overlaps with what I do, mm-hmm. but it's not like if left to my own devices, what I would normally do, where I think as you overlap even more, you pioneered the voice a little more, so there's more Daniel in mm-hmm. it anyway. I am a very autobiography, sherry, personal type of artist as right. well as being a joke machine. So I just want listeners to know that I'm not like callously doing that because oh, that's sure. what the algorithm wants. Uh, uh, I'm really... And also... You alluded to something which I think is very real, which is like, for me, all the hunger to do art had gone because of the type of art I had done ad nauseum and felt that I had to continue doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my hunger to like create things has not gone out at all. And I bet, like, are you, towards the end of Cracked, were you just as inspired to create Cracked content? That's what I want to know. Or uh, did the spark die for you at all? Because it died for me, and I don't know if it's just my depression or that... Yeah. Or that, like, there's a time limit on how long you can do one creative thing before you have to do something else. Right. I mean, there are a couple of parts to that. Um, one, you you you've said the end of, and like, and it has failed now, and it's. Uh, I I feel Unfair. that I I need to say that there are, there are wonderful people: mm-hmm. Alex Schmidt, Christy Harrison, Robert Brockway, mm-hmm. and Smiley, David Wong, Jason Pardon, Simon Gia, Jeff Hernandez, who are still oh simon's still there that's oh, great yeah. i didn't know that um oh. they're still working probably harder than they've ever had to work before right. to to, yeah. to keep the idea of that place going and uh i it it's just necessary as someone who has been there when we laid off people that i deemed to be essential and like i remember what it's like to wake up the day after a layoff and be like 
how the fuck am I supposed to keep this site going mm-hmm. now? So I know, mm-hmm. I, and that's a fraction of what they're going through now. Yeah. Um, so shout out to yep. those people at the old place. And John Cheese, new editor-in-chief of Modern Rogue. Sure. And <laughs> but the other thing that I wanted to, to get, I wanted to touch upon, oh, because you asked if my creative spark um, had dimmed toward the end there. Um, that's a difficult question to answer because I feel like towards the end of my time there, so much of my job was about trying to figure out ways to keep it going. Um, to survivability. Like, yeah, because yeah. our, our our channel was doing well, but 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 it was clear that like things on the internet are are bad right now. I would do an entire podcast about the economics of the internet and how it's a bubble bursting that uh, will affect literally everyone who consumes content on the internet, <laughs> but literally no one except people who are in this industry know that it's happening and can see it coming. And it's a really weird thing that like like. Different and worse than everyone's fears with net neutrality that is going to be affecting everyone. You think it's worse soon. than net neutrality? Well, I think, or, or not worse, but it might be like it's like it's leading us towards the future that all of the net neutrality chicken littles were mm-hmm. warning about, where it's like they're gonna charge you for yeah. everything, and you're gonna have to bundle these things like you bundled cable companies, and you're gonna have to pay this much for. Facebook and Crackle and and it's like you don't need net neutrality. Thing. That's what YouTube no. Red already is. That's where everything's right. going. That's where everything's anyway. moving. Yeah. And, and like we're we're we the internet Netflix raising their prices this week. Right. The <laughs> internet invented a thing where uh, you as a user get premium content for free, as far as you're concerned, and it's because of ads. And then you blocked all the ads. And then Chrome released an extension that automatically blocks ads. And uh, then you got, you turned off sites because you felt like their article titles were too clickbaity, or you right. didn't like being hassled when they were asking for contributions. Uh, well, guess what? Funny or die laid off a hundred people you. last week. Right? Then they charge you. How do you? There's only this goes back to the beginning of content. No one's thought of a better way to finance storytelling. Right. Then either commercial breaks or you pay for it yeah. up front. What else can you do? And I know you were <laughs> mad that like an ad auto-played and there was sound, but we're just trying to make you not have to pay for it. That's all right, the exactly. goal was. There used to be if you read a magazine, there would be like a full-page ad and you had to physically turn it with your hand. They were, we were just trying to do that again. Yeah. To, to keep And the you're against on. an army of likes. I got to say the ad technicians treated it like a war to to like break your rules like you'd have these package deals where you're like everything's fine advertise anything within reasonable limits just don't have autoplay sound and they're always like i sense a challenge (laughs) i can sneak autoplay sound into your page and there would be from talking to manny and simon like oh it's almost impossible to root that out or like you can root it out and they can add more as fast as you can root it out yeah um but this isn't a podcast about well. This is like defending how yeah no, people yeah, bitch is, so much is... about the ads. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so so much of my job towards the end was keeping things going and trying to keep people happy as best as I could, and also dealing with uh, you know our editor in chief stepped down and uh, for the Daily Zeitgeist and how stuff works. Everyone check out those podcasts. Soren left for American Dad. Check that out. He was a my best friend and and be like a tremendous ally to have there and another yeah. one of the old heads who could help rally people if they yeah. seemed glum. Um, and write a fucking Cracker Jack script if yep, you need one. Yep. <laughs> With his fucking eyes closed. Yep. And uh, then you left, which wasn't 
like workload wise wasn't a tremendous because I'd been tapering off. Right. right. It wasn't a, a tremendous blow for my day to day, but it was for all the people who the day after Soren was gone, are like, is everything okay? Are we in trouble? What's going on? I was like, everything's fine. Don't worry. The ship is definitely floating. And then Michael's gone. I'm like, okay, that's that has added another thing that I need to do <laughs> yeah. now. Morale wise. Um, right. Um, I would still, I didn't get to do as much creative stuff towards the end, but I still got very excited about it. It's, it's, mm. it's hard for me not to be excited about whatever it is that I've, agreed to be doing uh sure. and like like <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't a prisoner there i was choosing to be there right and so i was gonna find ways to make it silly and fun for myself and the last good attribute opcd that we shot that didn't air they're like written into the script is me saying i have so much fun doing this show <laughs> because that was a feeling that i had while i was writing the episode and i made a joke that i liked and i was like eh, this is fun i should say that it's fun and uh no lost longer, forever no, no is that, that is the after hours <laughs> finale lost forever um we can. I don't want to right. drive the audience crazy. We can talk about that off mic. Okay. I, I did want to talk to you about that. Sure. Uh, well, I guess what I'm wondering then is, are you now that some time has passed? Are you still in a dormant phase of like figuring yourself out, chilling, cutting yourself slack, de-stressing, or do you have a great hunger? Because you see, you already said like. I assume when you say you're over this industry, you don't mean creativity. No. Do you have? Do you do you know what's next for Dan O'Brien in an no, urge I mean, sense? Are you like I don't need to figure that out so fast? I'm waiting a minute. Okay. Right. I'm I'm waiting, but this is this is a um, obviously this you got is like books my, under my your belt. You I feel like my 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 first real uh, experience with depression in my life was was. After okay. this, because it, it was, and there were a number of things that happened completely unrelated to the layoffs that all happened within the same week of the layoffs that sure. are, are personal and don't belong on a podcast that was just like hit after hit of things that really made me uh, question any time I've ever in the past said, I think I'm depressed. I'm like, no, 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 you were just hungry, you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is depression. This is, this is like mm-hmm. uh, depression and uh my therapist pinpoints it at, at grief, which is a thing that I'm just like, I'm very frustrated to be feeling right now. Yeah. Uh, but um, I understand that I need to give it space and let it you be. You got to grieve the I'm end feeling. of an era. Yeah. Even I, who quit because I wanted out, I'm still grieving the end of an era. It yeah. was my whole twenties too. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It it was a decade, and like and like even if it was not a thing that was tied to my name and mm-hmm. my face and had me publicly out there and it was a thing that I loved even if it was a plant that I'd worked at for right. 10 years like sure it's still very difficult for me not to have somewhere to go in the morning and I've been lucky that they've been these last uh, week and a half they've been jackhammering directly outside of my <laughs> to apartment up and I, like, schedule. like I, I go and I, I leave because it's too loud I to, to get you out of the house but, the question was, what am I working on next? And that's that's a, like... Or I, when you say, like, I know that I don't want to be this autobiographical YouTube star. Mm-hmm. Is there something in your head that's like, but you know what I would really like to get into? No. I mean, <laughs> the easiest thing have been saying, no, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to... And this is not a knock on anyone who is doing anything. It's just different, different tastes. I don't want to... All the well-meaning people who said, 
Just do some version of OPCD and just do EPCD as like a podcast. Which just, OPCD just you it. just said you have so much fun doing. I did. I did have, <laughs> have so much fun doing, but uh, I'm not immediately interested in doing exactly what I did before right okay. now. Yeah. And uh, th- I hate if that lets fans down, but I would caution them to remember that they didn't know they wanted OPCD until I made it. So just trust me that you'll like the next thing that I make too. A true fan should want to see what you want to make. Right. And then if they decide we've drifted apart, I don't think you're funny anymore. That's right. fine. That's part of the thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is not immediately knowing what I, I want to make right now, which is uh, where my brain feels like it's at odds with myself. But it's like that yeah. will come in time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just want it. To happen now, because they're like I'm. I'm it's freelancing easy, yeah. places with my name sure. not on it, just so I'm. Gotcha. I have income coming in, and right. I feel like I have something to do. But when those get written, it's very much in like a. I can write right this second, so I'm going to cancel plans and do it, and and ape the style of this magazine or, yeah, or blog yeah. or whatever, and send it out and yeah. get some money coming in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I never used to, be so much of a slave to, when my brain was saying we can write now. I'm. I'm. Mm. Very respectful of people who uh, have different methods than me, uh, who do whatever they need to do to get into some kind of creative place. I was just never that. I was always workhorse man, where I'm just like, oh, whenever anyone was like, where do you, how do you, how do you deal with writer's block? I don't get that. I get paid to write, so I do it, and I have deadlines, <laughs> and that's what the money's for. And like, no one asked my dad when he worked at Amtrak. What if you don't feel like working at Amtrak today? Like, no, yeah, you no, just, you go in and you do it. With me is there will be days where I procrastinate, but the deadline is why you don't have writer's block. Right. Because you have to finish the thing. If you wake up and it's due in eight hours, you do it right then. Right. Your they writer's are, block goes away real quick. Yeah. They're expecting you to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also like Dan Harmon had good advice, which was uh, if you think you have writer's block, just intentionally write the worst piece of garbage that's like a Mad Lib humorously bad. Yeah. Two paragraphs in, you'll just be writing. Like, right. it's an illusion. You're just stopping yourself from wanting to work. Yeah. It's just like, it's normal. It's like if you had the train job, it's mm-hmm. just saying, I don't want to do it today. Right. Everyone has to get over that. Right. <laughs> and now I'm in the, the scary place where very supportive and, and well-meaning and in some places very well-connected people are like, uh, I'm sorry I got laid off, but this is good news for us. We want the next thing. What's the next thing? And for a solid week, the next thing was, oh, it's, a, it's a sitcom about a guy who got laid off and he's really sad. Uh-huh. And it could also be a book or a movie. Whatever like, you need, yeah. Give, like, just pay me for a year. Yeah. And then maybe I'll write it one day. And the other thing that I wanted immediately after the layoff, like, oh, what do you want to do next? I want a job that pays me exactly the same that the old job pl- paid me and gives me benefits and is in the same building <laughs> and nothing about my life has to change. Yeah. So it, it takes, I want to answer all those, the, the, those questions for you and for the audience and for any of the people who are offering opportunities, but I need my brain to work and it's sure. not right now. So I'm doing all of the, everything I know to, trick myself into yeah. working creatively and some days it's just not and like uh therapists and very healthy people will say yeah maybe it's just not today and I'm like yeah. now nah, i get that but i need it to be today i need sure. to wake up tomorrow and know that i'm going to put in eight hours of creative work whether that's i'm going to write this pilot i'm going to write this book proposal i'm going to pitch but you have confidence the, the opportunities will be there when when you have the 
Unless motivation. I let them wither on the vine. Because I got to <laughs> say, at the risk of being too personal, I, and this is maybe just because I'm prone to depression, but I feel that, and I still am glad I got out of cracks because not drinking is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I'm done in this business, probably. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. What do you mean What do you mean in this business? Of uh, Entertaining people for money. Because, oh. or with my writing. Mm-hmm. Because... Crack's the only job offer I've ever gotten. Still, since the layoff, mm-hmm. I've gotten no job offers. I won't pick your brain in detail because it's impolite, but like, I don't know how you're getting side work. I don't know how <laughs> one gets side work. I've never had gotten a manager or agent, and I just don't know. And that's the big thing, the weight I'm struggling with lately is I feel that I'm doing small beans for the same reason I ended up writing plays in college Mm -hmm. because no one will give me a job. I have to just do my own thing alone right? because no one wants what I'm selling to a degree that guarantees livelihood. And I'm kind of grappling with like, do I need to give up and move out of this town and do something else? Cause I want to have kids soon. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what I mean by that. I just have to be honest about it. It's like, dude, I'm terrified. And no, it it could be, I can't imagine that I'll ever work again at anywhere as big as cracks. I'm, I mean, I maybe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I. And it's not lack with... of faith in like your talent or my talent. No. It's just having been in the town for ten years and being like, man, there's a lot of not not just luck, but there is a lot of mm-hmm. luck, and it's crazy big deal when someone makes it through the barrier. Right. <laughs> I sound like I'm meeting it with a lot of positivity right now, probably because uh, it's been almost two months, and I've thought of nothing else but this, uh, and like. Nothing else but like working on myself to get my brain working. So I don't know, like, I don't know how me, I've despaired how, about it. How already. crazy it sounds <laughs> yeah. to people when I say that my I can't get my brain to work if that like scans for anyone as a thing. Just but like we're, we're we're in a business where my entire ability to work and uh, make income is dependent on this one muscle working correctly. It's kind of and, and it's a trick your brain does without. It does it automatically. Yes. So when it stops doing it, you're like, when what it are stops, you doing? Like, I can't like just start spinning wheels with my feet and be like, don't worry, I'm doing this part of my job now. <laughs> right. like, I don't like it's. I just need my brain to like, here's a good idea for a sitcom that should be made right now. Yeah. Uh, and my brain's not doing it, so it's it's frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, I agree that it's it's it is scary out there. I mean, we we uh, I comfort myself by reminding me that the jobs that you and I did didn't exist when we were kids mm-hmm. or in college. Right. Neither of us studied because we wanted to be forward-facing <laughs> internet personalities who were writing. No. I wanted to be in the Royal Shakespeare sometimes. Company right. like a tool. And <laughs> we, we stumbled into this thing, and it probably seems very tempting to like, all right, I want to uh, – what's the next comedy website that I can jump to right, right. now? Or what's the next online venture? It's like – I don't know, and and I don't want to throw this out like I've given it given it tremendous amount of thought, but I was also very interested in politics when I was in college and ah. and studying comedy, and I don't want to like you don't want to just give into like, the instinct of like I've been doing this for ten years, I better keep going. <laughs> right? Yeah, I have to remember that this job didn't used to exist, and it's not like uh, my dream was to be on SNL, and then I got it, and then they laid right. me off, and and I had nothing else. To I planned, yeah, yeah. Like my heart was broken. Um, even though I know people who've hap- that's happened to them and they've come out the other side, mm-hmm. much almost everyone who's been fired from SNL has had a better post career. Yeah. I think. Um, 
but yeah, uh, politics like 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 there's a version of the future where I go back on all of this and I am just doing website stuff. There's a version of the future where I take a politician that I really like and I really think could be president and I find out write how I can them. help them and write yeah. for them and do something in in that field. Oh, I thought a... you were saying you'll be the new Al Franken minus some <laughs> I like I was looking for Senator O'Brien here. No, like, no. damn it, the trains will run on time. <laughs> My family cares deeply about train scheduling. We come from train money, That's and true. that is the only issue that I'm running on. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, and there's also a chance that I uh, run out of money very quickly and fail spectacularly and move in with my parents in a town where there was no industry whatsoever. Yep. And. I'm looking then at possibly moving back to my parents' place in Crestline, California, Ooh. just east of San Bernardino. Okay. I could still technically take meetings. It's just a two and a half hour drive <laughs> to the meeting. <laughs> so we'll see. But zero rent, Florida myself, spa. Yeah. It's pretty spa. nice. Damn. A spa. You should come up there, actually. Okay. I've had Adam up. I haven't had Abe up. They got a three-story cabin in the woods, mm -hmm. and there's, like, a deck out back with a spa under the trees. It's beautiful. And have you thought about just doing, like – is that their main house where they live all the time? Yeah. Okay. Have you thought about doing, like, a sabbatical there where you just – Yeah, I already did like with a, Adam. Like a week ago. Adam oh, okay. and I spent five days there working on a screenplay, and that's what I'm saying we should do oh, if right. you're interested. Oh, But I yeah. don't want to rush things. No, no. I mean, it's <laughs> – I bring up with Cody every once in a while because he's going through – all of the same stuff that that I'm going through, and he's where... believe it or not less communicative than you. Yeah, I keep checking in with Cody, and I love you, Cody. I hope you're okay. I just don't yeah. know. He'll just generally say like, "Yeah, fine, fine, fine." Yeah, <laughs> he's also very much in the same boat at me, where boat as me, where we both have clarity he that like he is the boat. Um, we're both in Cody. <laughs> uh, he has clarity that like we didn't set out to do website stuff and right. uh he he might go like full into music right now i was gonna and say that means there's so many options that you kind of need some time then yeah because you're like well i could do anything now i guess yeah <laughs> yeah which is the you kind of have to do something which is the <laughs> worst thing to say to me right as a as a creative person and like as a, a worker in general i have been good at every job i've ever done and that's because there are rules to the job and you follow them. And uh, anytime anyone is like, what's, what's the next idea? I want it to be like, what do you want? And I'll make right. it real great. I'll, do, yeah. I'll just like, tell me, tell me that thing. And I'll, and I'll do that because I, I need. Yeah. Guidance. I, need I heavily, right it was kind of a toss up whether I was going to do small beans or go to film school. Or, oh, really? Or some kind of grad school because then you have loans. So it's like the money situation's <laughs> fucked to the point where you stop thinking about it. Right. And school's the other thing that I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is there more to air? I don't know. I, 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 prepared, I like talking to you. I've, I, I like talking to you. I prepared three hours for us okay. if we need it. I think we I, could I record some frame rates if you no. want to talk. <laughs> I can apologize for being angry with you the day of the layoffs and, uh, I, I think with 24 hours, I wouldn't have said anything, but maybe that's probably good because it got us talking, but that was a day that was very difficult for me that, that I tried to meet with uh, at least public-facing positivity. I went on uh, Twitter.com and 
offered pep talks to anyone who said they were having a hard time, like anyone who needed something reassuring. Yeah. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the two things that I did after the layoffs were I'm going to set up a comedy show with everyone who was laid off because I want to make something fun out of something that felt tragic. Mm-hmm. And the other one was I'm going to spend this night. I could very easily be drunk and wallow in how sad I am, or I could be on Twitter making other people feel better. So let me do that because then it'll make me feel better. Right. Life hack, helping people makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, and I, despite doing those things, uh, people who know me the best recognize that as like, Dan's having a really hard time right now, which yeah. I, I was. And like Soren was reaching out. It was like, I'm here if you need to, to talk. I'm sure you don't want to get on the phone, but I see you being nice on Twitter and yeah. I know what that means. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, I kept doing that and kept, like, uh, trying to see positivity in things and trying to see a lesson in things. I'm If it's not clear from any of this already, I'm a pretty religious person, so I'm always looking mm. for lessons in things and uh, sense out of things. And despite everything that I was feeling and trying to put out there, I was also seeing a thing that I thought was so ugly that drove me so crazy that there was uh, 25 people that were laid off that day and it was like kind of very loosely announced Mm -hmm. and there were a lot of freelance writers from the old place who weren't laid off whose day-to-day was not going to change and they were i saw them taking advantage of all the kind strangers on the internet on twitter who were like people who were just like man i can't believe they got rid of xyz and like well they didn't really get rid of z z was never was never on staff, and Z is not feeling any of these consequences. Oh, right. But like, then I they see... are just a frequent contributor who yeah. got several articles posted. And I see right. Person Z who is like, thanks, I really appreciate it's that. Here's where you can buy my book. And now you can and, buy my book, sure. uh, other people who were like, hey, anyone who got laid off, let me know. Like, I'm looking to right. hire people. And my none of us were clear enough that day to know how to take advantage of any of those situations. Mm-hmm. to seize on those opportunities like my brain was not working the most i did was like write down a few notes like remember this name this person on twitter said that they would would try to help you out remember this name yeah i don't have the energy to talk to anyone right now but i'm seeing these people who are not affected by these layoffs taking advantage and they're like hey i uh i'm one of the writers right 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 look to me for your opportunities even just and for sympathy likes like just click sympathy this. likes yeah, and also and also like if they have any project like to trying plan. to get like right job opportunities off this and like you're the ones who you can do this right now because you're not heartbroken right now and that (laughs) feels like such an ugly thing to do when there are people who are reeling from this that is not what i think you did but i can see why it must have hurt so much to compare hearts and feel that i was not heartbroken but it's because i had begun the grieving process earlier that's all. I just right. wanted to, like, I felt the same amount of grief, but it was parceled out at a different time. So really to me, when that came along, we had the small bean site ready to go. And there were two thoughts in my mind, because it did obviously occurred to me that it's like, I don't want to be seen as which part of you saw it as. Right. And I hope I've been able to explain to your satisfaction that it really wasn't that. I don't want to be seen as like trying to capitalize on this. At the same time, I knew I'm like, but we have a site ready to go because we were planning to launch yeah. it anyway. No one else does. If people are going to open their wallets to crack people now, why would we launch tomorrow? Yeah. Um, and that money ideally will go towards forming a new right. community. And we're already paying some of the, our mutual friends to do some stuff. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, Bridget Greenberg's going to have a show on there. We're excited really? about that. Yeah. 
Um, we go to the same gym. And Christian Ramirez. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, like, I felt like I was trying to rapidly form a new community, however large it could be. Uh, and you felt like I was doing that but the it's right, weird I, I can see so easily why the motives would be suspect and yet i'm here to tell you that like it wasn't that it was i think this. <laughs> i think it can be that and also not be nefarious i think it, okay. it, like um you were trying to capitalize on it which is the absolute smartest right thing to do not trying to capitalize on anyone's sadness but like this is the best opportunity to launch this thing right and uh anyone anyone who knew anything about business strategy would, right. strategy yeah. would, would would tell you that yeah. um it was i was upset because it was a combination of having a bad day seeing really uh people i won't name very grossly taking advantage of the situation mm-hmm. in a way that like uh i will never forget and uh then you who was a bu- how buddy much of my- you know about <laughs> history guy we're not naming <laughs> Um, Fuck but that guy. because we were, I, I, I had already kind of had issues with you and I'd already felt, uh, I mean, abandoned and betrayed sounds too dramatic at this point. I was just like pissed at you and but then I, saw, but like, that's how we feel. Like, here's the know. new home for all the people. Yeah. Like if you want to support all the people who were let go today, here's where to do it. And I thought, I don't know if that's going to support me. Like I, 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 yeah. I didn't, I don't, I, I don't know what I want to do yet. And I I don't know how I feel about this place emerging as the de facto home for uh, mm. all who have been removed. Uh, but also, I was like I was like cranky and pissed and and had pent up stuff yeah. with you that I hadn't dealt with yeah. yet. And I snapped at you in an email. And and here we I are. Apologize. At least the people got good content <laughs> out of it. Man, I apologize for. The three preceding years. <laughs> you said four. I'm going to call it a three. Is it three? Okay. That first I'm... year was your fault. <laughs> no, uh... <clears throat> but yeah, I just I just want everyone that from Crack that I love so much to do what they want to do. So yeah. whatever you want to do, we'll be plugging it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe this will run in. I don't know what feed this will run. This will probably be a bonus super special episode. Okay. What are the the feeds? You have, you have Tales from the Pit. We have Tales from the Pit, which is interviews with people about depression mm-hmm. with a little poetic monologue from me up top. We got Extra Extra, which is weekly news joke show, mm-hmm. which I was pushing so hard at crack for so long. I haven't listened to that one yet. Uh, <laughs> we got, it's, you know, my 1920s sure. pimp character doing daily show jokes. Right. Uh, and then Frame Rate and one off some shit, yeah. video games and movies. I listened to the uh, frame rate about Last Jedi, and so thoroughly agreed with you guys about it being a bad movie, mm-hmm. but just for different reasons. There's like a different set oh, wow. of other reasons. Huh. Did you hear? Uh, have you been listening to Zeitgeist regularly? Oh yeah. Did you hear the theory about Luke being Lucas and the whole? It works so well. No, what episode was that? Uh, I don't know because it's one of the times he throws to Jack. Just goes, our writer J.M. McNabb brought this up. It's really interesting. So I don't even remember what the who the guest was, but it's that obviously Luke, stupidly short for Lucas, mm. uh, and Lucas has said that the first one was like, you know, it's about a guy not wanting to follow in the footsteps of his father, and it's really an autobiography because my dad wanted me to run the family furniture warehouse or something stupid okay. uh, and didn't believe in me being a filmmaker. Then by The Last Jedi. I wonder if old Mr. Lucas has changed his mind on that or if he's still like, <laughs> I don't really 
they buy you as a filmmaker? Well, I liked what Abrams did. Yeah, <laughs> but the whole everything works so well. The and it's J.M. McNabb's theory, but it's like it's the reason the villain new villains are called the First Order is because in the Disney new canon, the villain is the fir- the prequels. They okay. almost ruined Star Wars, so the First Order is the villain, mm-hmm. and by the end. We need the last Jedi because we need Lucas to go away. He gifted us this great thing, but he needs to take his hands off it because he's not good at it. And that's why all the new characters keep saying everything has to die, everything has to die. And the last act, which was paced very unnecessarily, like just tacked on, yeah. is George Lucas coming back and being like, I'll save the day one last time and then willingly fade away. And then the final shot of The Last Jedi is a kid playing with a Star Wars action figure, which I guess is in the theory is a sure. nod to like, that's what he gave us. I don't, this legacy of Star Wars greatness. I, any theory can be convincing. Sure. I feel like there's nowhere near... I haven't gotten any kind of sense that that amount of thought has been put into this new trilogy <laughs> yeah, sure. whatsoever there's sure. too many cooks in it and that's what it is, is a... ryan johnson's very thoughtful yeah but 80 other people also contributed that's the problem right <laughs> and it seems like he took a movie like jj abrams was making the original star wars trilogy again and ryan johnson was just like i don't really care for snoke i don't really care <laughs> yeah. for this Ray's parentage thing so yeah, i'm just yeah. gonna like drop that and i'm so worried that the next movie will come out and the opening crawl because abrams is doing it again it was like mm. snoke survived and and his first words were it, it is a big deal who ray's parents are so okay yeah. so everything's and and phasma's back i had plans for her i have so. totally it has occurred to me that that could easily be a false negative mm-hmm. like that all it is is a an anti-twist for the twist in the next one where Ray's parent is Luke, after all. <laughs> like, they could take that back so easily. Because yeah. Kylo, it's like, well, the evil guy said it. It's not, like, yeah. reliable. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, it sounds to me like we should have you on frame rate, but... Yeah. Or just talk in person and go see movies. Yeah, we could do that. But I've... if you want... Uh, we're going to do Black Panther opening night and immediately Ooh. record like we did with Last Jedi. If you want to do that, that I... I feel like I'm not going to want to talk about Black Panther immediately after seeing it. Like I'm, okay. I've been thinking about this That's movie for point. such a long time yeah, that yeah. I just want to like see it and then live in it for yeah. for a while. But well, regardless, I'm going to put more effort into yeah. seeing you, and I hope it's welcome. Uh, I will do. I, I don't also, like, like. Yeah, I'll do. This is for someone who has said I I am being very thoughtful about what I want to do with my time and uh, talents such as they are. I'll do. Fucking any podcast, and for anyone listening, <laughs> I know. will do your podcast. Yeah, okay, I love doing podcasts. Isn't it so fun? It's so and that's fun. Our and you know, I, I'm my like attached at the hip dude is Abe, right. so he's not going to be happy doing audio only forever. So Small Bean certainly has its sights on video, but mm-hmm. man, there's something freeing about it. Is truly zero budget after yeah. the equipment. And you're just like, can do fucking anything. Anything from just shooting the shit to a full-on radio play right. where you're in space. And it's still basically zero budget. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I probably won't do that. I like the very no. casual, like, I'm going to show up and talk about No, no, kind of no. Thing. Like, I don't want to do spontaneous nation. Yeah, right. that's intimidating. I do. It's, it's one of the things that I allow myself to not prepare for when I do podcasts because I feel like I, I put in the work 10 years of – reading, thinking, and consuming things, and building an audience. So, like, I did the work already, and now I'm going to just show up and, and talk. Isn't it funny you. how we, who are just old enough to remember before YouTube stars were dominant, mm-hmm. uh, we get embarrassed about, I agree, like, about 
Twitch streaming about podcasting if it's not scripted, mm-hmm. it makes me question or like bad imposter syndrome where you're like, why would you just listen to me talk yeah. words I think <laughs> of and pay money? Uh, you idiots. But the I think the just people like 15 years younger than us, that is not a thing in their head. No. They're like, no, everyone, everyone is content. Everyone is spouting content all yeah. the time. Which is also- Because I'm like, yeah. It's it's just weird to me that I can go to something fully unprepared and it's considered a piece of content that's finished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did I I touched on it a little bit when we were talking about uh models that work right now. Um based on that and everything you just said, I'm like fully aware and prepared for the fact that the world might just leave me behind content-wise. Oh, I thought like, you were going to say and. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, but but the the world of, like, surviving on the uh, in this industry when it gets increasingly blurred, what is content and what do people actually want yeah. out of their content? Like, here's me saying, I don't understand Twitch, and that's why I don't do it. And I don't understand Snapchat, and that's why I don't have it. I played HQ for a while, a trivia app that someone yep. says is the future of content somehow, and everyone agrees. And I was like, okay, I don't agree. Uh, so the like, future of content is going back to, all right, The Simpsons is on now. You yes. have to watch it now on your phone now. Right. I That's mean, stupid. No one knows what they mean when they say future of content. Almost ever. But it's funny but they that do it's know that the like, past. Like people these... are saying podcasts are the future of the content. That's just the radio. It's yeah. the past of content. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's they, they say HQ because like this is uh, – Love it or hate it, they got a million people who are going to tune in twice a day and stare at this thing for as much time as we want them to do it. And I was like, okay, but to go back to your first thing, hate it. Like, uh-huh. like I don't, I <laughs> refuse to just accept that as an opener to your thing. I hate it. I don't think that's what the future should be. But I, I wonder how many great comedians and writers. It died, died, to make died, HQ died alone because oh. they said, YouTube, I resent the YouTube model so much that I'm not going to do anything with the internet at all. Right. And now they're they're sad or failed somewhere. Like, I'm aware that right. I mean, back tomorrow, like Dick Van Dyke might... started on whatever, whoever's uh, talk show. Mm-hmm. That, and it's like uh, Sid Caesar's show of shows or something. Sure. It's like, that is the show that's on. Do you want to write TV? I hope you like writing this exact show. You may later get to do your own show that represents you as an artist, but there's only three channels. This is the show. Like, yeah. I heard there were 500 scripted series produced last year. That sounds believable. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's just, as with anything, when you start to see geometric escalation of how many there are, you're like, that can't last. Something will have to change tectonically. Yeah. yeah. Also, I've noticed I've fallen off HQ, but right at the end, did you play long enough to notice the hosts start doing product placements? They yes. have started to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. And somehow Google will invent a plugin that can block the product names. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what we're doing, man. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I know that humans need stories and we've needed them ever since we were cavemen around the fire. I also know there's no like way to monetize it. Right. I feel like there's, <laughs> I mean, for starters, we need wandering bards again. For starters, we need to burn Facebook to the ground because Facebook is a terrible company that uh, yeah. has cost a lot of people their jobs. Um, but we're going to find something and I go back and forth with self-debating if I think this is my responsibility. But 
someone needs to find a new model that works and scratches a lot of the old itches um, in terms of what it can do for writers, which is my chief concern, and also the content that it serves people. Because um, the internet as it exists now is Napster 20 years ago. You can shut down Napster, but people learned they could get songs by clicking on a button. <laughs> right. So no matter what model you come up with, this is yeah. going to happen. Marcus I, I downloaded an entire album one afternoon and then burned it onto a CD. So guess what? I'm never going to Nobody Beats the Wiz or Sam Goody ever oh, again. Oh, God. I haven't and thought about And that's why those Sam stores Goody. don't exist anymore. I haven't thought about Sam Goody in a minute. But yeah. <laughs> someone figures out a model for how that works. And now the situation that we have is um, a number of sites created premium content for what seems like free for a decade. That's the audience, get, no, the yeah. audience knows that they are do that. And even if they get rid of the entire staff at the old place, the entire staff of Funny or Die or The Onion or, or whatever else, like, you know, ESPN's trying to sell 538. Uprox is losing people. Right. Vice is losing people. Something's got to give. And Even right if they now, get rid of all these people, yeah. the audience is still... One day the audience is going to turn around and be like, where's all my great free content? Remember right. When it's Will like, Ferrell made videos with Paris Hilton? Where, that were free. Give me that. I want and, it again. And not free bad. High quality and free. Yeah. And to feel that we as a society are entitled to unlimited, free, high-quality content uh, will fuck us eventually. I mean, yeah. something it will get, it will fix itself with some kind of transition, but yeah. it will be a messy transition, whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, um, and it may very well end up being, ironically, the opposite of the whole intention of doing this, which is like you said, bundled packaging of very specific, right. like going back to a draconian cable bundle model through your computer. We're fucked. Oh, yeah. well. I mean, we're all fucked. The other, the other, <laughs> when I mentioned feeling responsibility for creating this new model, um, which I'm not too serious about, but I mentioned this on Tumblr, too, that I, because I have incredibly high self-esteem and a, a, a high sense of self-worth and, and a pretty active sex life, yourself? I feel really oh. good about me. <laughs> and I, so I, after the layoffs was not super worried about me, but... Mm-hmm. Knowing how many people are left to keep that place going, I and like reading the writing on the wall of the internet in general, I feel terrible that there's no opportunity for someone like you and I 10 years ago. Like, one of the proudest things, uh, I, I'm capable of saying cracked, I don't know why I say the old place, yeah. but it just <laughs> stuck with me. One of the proudest things about that that I always got to point to and be very excited about was that we paid well and allowed anyone in the world to pitch articles mm-hmm. and you would get feedback and you would work with editors and they would turn you around and make you a published author who got money and you could point to it and you had traffic and people would read it and then maybe you'd get a book deal out of it and maybe a handful of those people and became full-time employees yeah and i don't i don't know if there's any money anymore in creating a platform for creative weirdos to to learn learn people. and fail like there's there there there's not a, a big writer's workshop out there anymore, really. That, that But the industry that... needs that. So, like, I feel like one will inevitably bubble up in some other form. Right. Yeah. It's just impossible to know where or when or how to get in on it. It just makes <laughs> me sad for, for yeah. the youth that 10 years ago we could sneak Abe into the office after hours on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, like, we're going to film Agents of Cracked and, like, no one's going to look at the scripts. We're just going to do it. And right. we're not going to... We 
barely have a video component to the site at that time. Right. And whereas we YouTube's like, like ever since PewDiePie, we vet everything, right. motherfucker. And yeah. then it was like we just like <laughs> took months where we were making these and editing them, and then suddenly, hey, here's fucking twelve episodes of a thing. Yeah. That are published sporadically. All right, bye. Now we're gonna we're gonna go and like I'm all. I'm glad stuff... Bo Burnham squeaked in at the end. YouTube yeah. transitioned to real celebrity because he's yeah. great. <laughs> he's really um, but yeah, there's not. No one is is uh, taking chances on uh, enthusiastic creative. Well, kids they they right are, now. but only for free, right? Yeah, like like a uh, lot of creative weirdos who are happy to uh, pitch their podcast to Small Beans, but yeah. we have only but a pittance to pay you. You yeah. mean like yeah, exactly? Cracked Studios is crazy. Which is what we called our highest budget stuff, mm-hmm. basically, if you're not aware of the difference between Crack Video and Crack Studios. But stuff like Starship Icarus and Welcome Back, Potter. Uh, it's actually truly astounding in the current environment that they happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and not that they happened, but the limited amount of script oversight on them. Yeah, I'm like, oh, of course, places are producing content, but Welcome Back, Potter really was whatever the fuck I wanted. The only com- compromise I had to make was to make it related to Harry Potter. At first right. it was called Asshole Wizards, but that's not really a big change. But even with studios, by then we'd already uh, proven that we could make stuff that people liked. I'm right. talking about Ground Floor. Three we Dead don't really Friends. know what we're doing. Three Dead Friends, <laughs> Agents of Cracked, all of the early right. sketches that we were doing and like all of the weird columns that you and I did for years that was just like, I'm 21 and this is, and right. I'm going to just... I, I have a, a place where I can creatively experiment and yeah. learn stuff and find my voice and work with very patient editors. There's there's not that for the kids anymore. Right. And, and, there's and only a blog and there's no guarantee you'll attract any more than a dozen people. Whereas Cracked was like, yeah, your weird blog post that's funny will be on the front page. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You made me more sad about Cracked than I was. <laughs> now I'm mad at you afresh. <laughs> Um, all I can say is all those people still exist. That's all I keep thinking to myself. Right. All those people exist and are just as talented. So, like, I'm sure some people, maybe us included, <laughs> are going to catch bad breaks and get shaken out of the business. But a bunch of them will find a home. Yeah. We're also – I one of the most healing things that has happened for me. This is – you said we have three hours. I don't know how we, we do. Come. Okay, good. Uh, this, yeah, it's already the longest Small Beans podcast okay, episode good. ever, but there's no um, hard out. <laughs> it's just a thing I wanted to share because I've been thinking about it, that the way that timing works out. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this guy – you know Tim Minchin, right? Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists I will, I will yeah. ever see nice. in, in, in the world. <laughs> and I uh, randomly saw that he was doing a, a show in L.A. called mm-hmm. Leaving – leaving LA so I went I just like went by myself to a show on November 30th at the Wiltern and it was a very different show from what he usually does but was also one of the most moving shows that I'd ever seen he was just like did music stuff and would sometimes uh-huh. talk and wasn't like dressed like he normally dresses he was just like in a black t-shirt and jeans and was like I'm gonna just play some songs that I like and he wrote he's moving away from LA so he played the song leaving LA that really yeah. moved me and at the end of the show for his encore did some cover of some song I've since lost to time <laughs> and turned out all of the lights everywhere in the entire building and just played the song. And I was like, this has been such a good night and I'm mm. so happy. And then five days after that, I got laid off and earlier this week saw an interview with Tim Minchin about that tour that he did. Mm-hmm. And it's because four years ago he moved to Los Angeles uh, to 
write and direct a DreamWorks movie. Okay. Uh, and do you know which one? Uh, Larrikins. It was with Hugh Jackman. Uh, and oh no, it was an animated thing. Yeah, yeah. and and he'd been working on it. He they, four years. He'd moved his entire family here, and then because of some weird corporate merger thing, they just canceled the project. And oh, okay. his he was devastated, and his immediate reaction to that was to create this music and put on this show, and then mm-hmm. he created this music and put on the show. And oh, then left went back, the to, went back to yeah yeah, and then he went back to Australia. And I am nowhere near anywhere close to him in terms of ability. But like, this is a guy that to me is very established, who went through emotionally a very similar thing to what we mm-hmm. went through. You were making a thing, then forces of the industry stop you from doing it. And there's no promise. And you, you and, have a new job. And yeah. he was grieving, and he talked yeah. about like grieving for a while and not being able to make things. And then suddenly he made this great. Oh, so it wasn't instantly. He no. needed a week yeah. off. Or he, need, he needed yeah. some time. <laughs> and it's it's uh I think it's always very helpful to hear people you respect going through a thing that totally. you've ever gone through. Yeah. And yeah. Everyone check that Speaking article of, out. Do you <laughs> want to go to the normal Al tour together? The normal Oh yeah, absolutely. I Jen won't to. go with me. I want to go with someone. <laughs> uh what, yeah, when is it? Uh far in the future. Yeah. I'll email you. Good. I think that tickets that, are not expensive. I think Sean Baby, Alex, and Cody did a podcast where they accidentally predicted that because they were just talking about how hard it is to make comedy in the Trump era and how Weird Al is like, it's going to just destroy comedy and satire and Weird Al is going to become normal Al. And then literally wow. a week later, he was like, I'm just doing some originals. Yeah, guys. if you don't know, no costumes. Weird Al's doing a tour with no lights, clips, or costumes. That is just his just original music. Music with his band. It's that he called likes Normal Al. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, light work, man. Well, th- we're now just chatting, which yeah. is fine. But the best concert I ever went to was a Costello show where uh, he did the song I Want You, which, if you don't know, ends with like just repeating I Want You over and over and over as like this really sultry guitar line dies mm-hmm. out for like a minute and a half. And it, yeah, killed all the lights in the building, had a spotlight that slowly diminished until it was just his face. And, yeah. like, your eyes were burned from the light, so you could just see little ugly Elvis Costello <laughs> face. It was so good. What are you watching these days? Oh, boy. The Office. Okay. Uh, that's, like, the comfort food for Jen and I when we're just kicking it at home. But... Personally, I'm watching The American Gods first season again because I loved it. Did you ever see it? No. It's really dynamite. You like Gaiman, right? Yeah. It's a great adaptation of American Gods. Yeah. It's visually amazing. All the acting's great. It's really, really fun. Nice. Crispin Glover has never been creepier, and I'm saying that about Crispin Glover. <laughs> He's, he steals the show. You up on The Good Place yet? No, and I know I need to. I got all the twists spoiled for me. I did too, and, and, and like, does that hurt it much? No, I, okay. I I think because every single episode ends with a twist. Every episode is a cliffhanger. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, that yeah. makes it. That's cool. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Um, so it's just, continuous. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was sitcommy. I thought it was you know recursive. Okay. No. Interesting. Okay, I will get into it. Yeah. Because I've been looking for something new. We just finished Breaking Bad again, and we're about to finish The Office again. I'm like, I need some yeah. some fresh blood. I've been mostly watching. I watched all the Oscar movies because. Watching movies in theaters yeah. is my favorite thing to do, and I've had a lot of extra time. We lately. saw the last Maze Runner movie. I, I was close to seeing that because I Giancarlo went to, Esposito, man. Yeah, I went to a theater uh, 
a few nights ago and was like, one for the 1015, call me by your name, please. They're like, uh, oh, we're not, we don't have that one. And then I realized, oh, I Googled the wrong theater. What is, what's playing here at 1015? Okay, I'll see through. What's similar to that in tone? <laughs> ah, Maze Runner. <laughs> well, it's either see Maze Runner at 1045 or mm-hmm. see three billboards again at 1015. So I was like, I'll just fucking see this movie again. Yeah, you liked it? Okay. It's very divisive. I a did, but I, I hate it. Agree and I, with, I love it. I agree with everything that everyone said who didn't like it. I understand all of the points that they, that they made. Um, the only one I disagree me. with is I've heard people who say like it was just a bunch of random nonsense and I didn't get anything from it. That's what I'm like. That I don't. I can't no, hide. I think it's a. That means you weren't trying hard enough. I think it's a very <laughs> uh, clear story, clear, not as clear message, but I think a, by by design, yeah. it's a very competent and intentioned movie uh, by a person with a couple of blind spots, for sure. But it is, but it's about moral gray areas. So that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, the second time, I didn't realize that the only two black characters in the movie do end up as a couple at the end. That's something that I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that, that yeah. the first time around. That the first black guy you see is the guy who's uh, hanging up the billboard, and he knows who Dixon is, and is like mm-hmm. mad at Dixon because Dixon. He's right. famous oh, for being a racist. I didn't, yeah, he and has then, up a couple. Yeah, right. And then uh, Francis McDormand's uh, business partner, the, works the, at the, the shop, shop person, yeah. uh, gets used as a pawn. She gets arrested for weed because Martin McDonough is just is harassing her. Understands friends. nuance. Yeah, and then she just gets out of jail and is like, "Hey, I'm back, Francis McDormand. You hanging billboards again?" And then she sees the guy from the beginning who is rehanging yeah. billboards, and they just like share a look. And the next time you see them, they're on a date. In the bar where Dixon uh, gets beat Freeman's up. in the movie, though. It's the oh, yeah. yeah. The third black He's character great. in the movie. He's the yeah. third man. I, who's this racist piece of shit? Yeah. You're fired. Get the fuck out of my police station. <laughs> Didn't enjoy that part. Uh, yeah, well, I like Martin McDonough a lot, so I might I, be I, I do, too. Yeah. yeah. I will say uh, we just covered Magnolia for Frame Rate. Magnolia. Which is Abe's favorite movie, and I didn't get it. And I'd only seen it mm-hmm. once. This time I got it, okay. and I'm like, I see why it Did could you see... be. It's fair. It's a fair pick. For I love Magnolia. Movie. It yeah. is phenomenal. Do you see Phantom Thread? No, not yet. I really hated it. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 clear that Paul Thomas Anderson is great. It's clear that Daniel Day Lewis is great. I wanted to scream in the middle of the movie because why are we making another movie about a complicated, it's angry male game, right? yeah. guy? Why are we making a movie about the the fashion industry? About this fucking straight white male genius and how he's what are we unhappy doing here? Anyway? Yeah. yeah, it's it's house or imitation yeah. game or Sherlock. It's a, it's everything. Uh, it's speaking everything. of which, I want to rewatch Sopranos. Another one of those. Oh, I, he's I just schlubby instead. Love that show. I, <laughs> I do too. Great. Jen's never seen it, so that's what that's I. Good. After Office wraps up, we'll hop onto that. Yeah, man. <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think we can wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sammy. Sure. Sammy. Anything? Any- yeah. <laughs> From our history that you want to comment on, <laughs> emotional Sorry. issues you want to yeah. bring to the table. I do want to. This is a we we've never met, and you just watched two people work like, something like, out, like like work an emotional <laughs> and business thing out. As how would you listen to this? Uh, I just did. Okay, there you go. That's your answer. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is worth listening to if you already did because it's your job and you yeah. had to. We'll see you next time when we have another friendship shattering fight.
This has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash small beans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!